Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's another Sunday edition of the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Justin Cuthbert and Julian McKenzie. Julian, what is going on, man? Uh, life is good, man. We're in. Uh, we've we're just finished the second week of the NHL regular season, and people are still overreacting, and, and teams are undefeated, and a lot of really interesting storylines to delve through on this Sunday morning. I mean, it's only getting hotter and hotter like it's getting colder outside like a little frost on the window this morning for oh me but like God. the fans or the flames from leaf nation are fanning from outside my window window here it is as hot as it could possibly be in toronto and i assume that maybe things cooled off a little bit in montreal after that offensive explosion on saturday or are things still pretty hot there as well so uh yeah definitely fans have i mean the, the the flames have been kind of dying down just a little bit i think if you're a canadians fan especially if you're a quebecer uh saturday night couldn't have gone any better not only do you get your first win of the season uh but drummondville native Mathieu perot gets a hat trick and uh it was our it's already the best moment of the season for the canadians so far so yeah i think they're able to have a day where they could just kind of forget the fact that they're still last place in the division and just kind of think about the fact that they were able to score goals for once Uh, a lot of difference makers in that game and it might make things a little bit sweeter because some of the attention that was on montreal is now going to be on toronto after what was a pretty devastating loss in pittsburgh uh, a 48-hour stretch that uh, was very, very forgettable, although I don't think anyone's going to let us forget about what happened over the last two nights in Leafland. So let's get to it. Let's get to their start. Let's get to the last 48 hours. Uh, two wins from six to start for this Leaf team. Obviously, there was a lot of expectation, so that is not good enough. But some surprising things, like, like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, zero goals combined. I know Matthews has only played three games, and he's coming off an injured wrist and a, and a surgical intervention with his wrist, but still a little surprising. They're combined for just one point. And now after a game that they should have won versus the New York Rangers early in the week, and then a competitive but disappointing loss to San Jose on Friday, and then this disaster on Saturday, it's gone from zero to 100 in a flash. And all of a sudden, the sky is falling with the Maple Leafs. So give me your view from your perch in Montreal of what's going on with this team, and then I'll give you my perspective. It, I'm sorry, but I look at that scoreline. I, I was watching, obviously, I was at the Canadians game, and I was trying to follow on Twitter what was going on uh, with Pittsburgh and, and, and Toronto. And the every time I kept seeing an update, I just couldn't believe it. And if I'm totally distant from this, I can't imagine how 
a, a Leafs fan like Tic Tac Tomar might be feeling right now. It's it's <laughs> we'll find out. Unex- we'll find out soon. We'll find out on in the mentions, but it's downright unacceptable. And at first, you know, I thought, you know what, everything that had been going on up until uh, Saturday, it's early in the season. I don't think we're at a point where we should be seeing Leafs fans throwing jerseys onto the ice, but losing as bad as they did to a team without Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust, Jeff Carter, who tested positive for COVID. Uh, I know Tristan Jerry was in COVID protocol, but it looked as if he was able to play. Uh, Chris Letton was was also unavailable to this team too. Like, how does the Leaf, how do the Leafs lose a game that badly? Like that's that that blows my mind. I, I get it. There's games where you've seen it before in the National Hockey League where guys might not have their best players. They play above what they're supposed to, and they somehow get a result out of it. But to lose seven one, that's 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 unacceptable considering this regular season is supposed to not essentially be a breeze, but that's not supposed to be the issue with this Toronto Maple Leafs team. There are going to be bad games over the course of a regular season. It happens. But game six already, you have a stinker of a loss like that. That should be well below the standard expected for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I'll add this, like, when you consider the fact that they've, they endured what they endured last year with the Canadians, uh, you know, coming back from 3-1, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets series in the play the Zamboni driver, the losses to Boston in the first round. You know, when you get to a point where you endure enough crap and enough bad thing after bad thing, you can understand why the fans are jaded and are just naturally pessimistic about this team. And unless the Leafs essentially went around, it's not going to change. It's it's it like it, it, it's kind of a really... The Leafs, I feel as if they're in this weird pressure, they're in this kind of almost no-win situation. They could have a bang-on regular season, and no one is really going to care about it. But they have losses like this, of course everyone is going to lose their mind. Because at the end of the day, you can't keep being this lovable loser that can't get past the first round or have these losses to, to teams you should be demolishing. Like, after a while, you get too jaded over this stuff. Like, it's, it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I think most regular season games are really uh, meaningless. I mean, we pay a lot of attention to these. We write about all of them. We we give, you know, snap judgments. We overreact everything. You know, th- this is why we like sports, so we can, you know, overreact and live in the moment. But really, each of these individual games, pretty much 98% of the time, means nothing. It's what happens over the balance of the season. It's progression from certain players and teams. That's what really matters. And then we see what happens in the playoffs after the full story is written on a team. But every now and then, one game allows you to look under the hood. The the happenings of one game gives you that chance to see what really might be happening behind the scenes. Now, I don't know if anything bad is happening behind the scenes. I don't know if there's dysfunction at any real level. I don't know if they're not playing for Sheldon Keefe. I don't know if they're not playing for each other. But something wasn't right. When the, in that Pittsburgh loss, uh, obviously a terrible loss. It ended up being 7-1, which was interestingly worse than it was two years ago when it was 6-1. And that seemed like the last time we saw Under the Hood. And about 72 hours later, Mike Babcock was being fired in Vegas. Now, it's easy to connect those two because it's the same team, same result. But it does sort of point to the same issues or an issue, which is that something seems to be wrong. Something about this team is broken. 
And it might just be that they're fragile and they're fragile because of all those postseason losses and they're fragile because they're not mentally tough as a team and as certain individuals. But we saw that something was wrong, I think, on Saturday night and something probably has to change in order to avoid getting the same fate from happening when it matters most. Again, we're going to have more meaningless games coming up. Leafs are probably going to win a lot of them. They're probably going to get into the playoffs. And then this mental toughness or this, uh, you know, this, this idea of team is going to be tested again. And then we might just have the exact same result. I feel like we got a window into the Maple Leafs. One, we didn't get with this all or nothing at all because it really didn't show anything. But when you lose that way and you don't fight for each other and you let it get to the point that it got, it feels like there's something fatally wrong with this team. And that has been proven over many years now. Is this like the closest we're seeing to to those demons? Well, not the closest we've seen to those demons, but we saw those so-called demons that Paul McLean mentioned in the All or Nothing doc- doc- documentary. In fact, if anything, the most revealing thing uh, from that documentary is the fact that a guy like Paul McLean, uh, while not necessarily behind the bench, is is able to, to spot that the Leafs mm-hmm. have them in their beds, have them in their cars, in their homes, wherever fuck 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 all the swearing you could put it's just it's not ideal man and and yeah i'm really buying into the fact that they're not uh the fact that they are mentally fragile and if you endure all the crap they've endured over the last few years but somehow still have not found a way to get back from it you're going to have performances like this and i i don't know if this is going to go well over the course of the season for these guys, they may end up having a really good regular season, but if it doesn't matter at the end, it doesn't matter at the end. If it means that, you know, the first round of the playoffs, just, you know, the same result happens. It's literally a no win situation for these guys. Oh, you're, you're definitely right about the no win situation. I mean, these guys cannot really escape it because they can't prove anything over the next we're six games in. So 76 games, they cannot prove a single thing other than the negative. They can only prove that they're a dysfunctional team and that changes need to be made. That's all they can really accomplish. Of course, that's not really accomplishing anything. You mentioned demons. I mean, they have a headquarters in Pittsburgh, it seems, because that seems to be a house of horrors for the Maple Leafs. They always seem to run into a rock-bottom scenario when they visit there. Obviously, it's been a few years, but their last visit, I believe, was one of the most consequential moments in this current history of the Maple Leafs. I do believe the mental issues with the Leafs is like the biggest story of this season. And Mitch Marner is the poster child for that. And that's going to continue. And I was on the Zoom call and I I tweeted out that his first words out of the uh, scrum was that I don't think we can be too concerned. And that blew up. I'm still getting notifications like crazy because Leaf fans are not happy with the apathy that seems to be creeping into this team. And I feel like they're trying to say it's not a big deal because it's really not. Again, it's game six. It's not a big deal. But you can keep telling yourself that. But at some point, these things, these moments mean something. They add up and they show that underlying issue that seems to be haunting this team, which is that they are a fragile group. And that fragility showed when you can't stop the bleeding against a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins without their five best players and a you know a full line that could be you know, a number one power play or whatever, like a bunch of all-stars past and present, not in the lineup, and you can't stop the bleeding. That shows me that there's something wrong. And I think a lot of it begins, honestly, with Mitch Marner because he is the poster child, again, of this, you know, trying to trying to cover over something with a Band-Aid that, that really can't be covered with a Band-Aid. You need stitches. 
And uh, it's it's quite evident, honestly. So some Leaf fans who would argue you need a full lobotomy. I also imagine that enough Toronto Maple Leafs fans have grown up watching Charlie Brown and Peanuts, and they've seen Charlie Brown uh, run up for the for the kick with the ball being held by Lucy, and then Lucy pulls the football back, and then Charlie Brown just falls over. They've seen that enough times, and the Leafs fans are tired of being Charlie Brown, having the wool pulled over their eyes and the ball being pulled back. So to hear that being for coming from Mitch Marner, uh, yeah, I'd be livid too if I was a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. They've seen this over and over and over. And right now there's no confidence in a lot of fans that they could eventually get over this. I, I, I don't blame them for being upset after that Pittsburgh loss. And I don't blame them from hearing stuff from whether it's from a Jake Muzzin, whether he said, I know he said like last night's, the last night's performance was inexcusable or even mm-hmm. hearing something from Marner. Like it's going to go over so many people's heads. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like you, you, after a loss like that, it's just so revealing of how this team is just inept at having these key performances. It's, it's, it's beyond ridiculous now. Like I, the least need to do something. I, I, I don't know how you go through the rest of this season and continue to run it back with these same guys and just expect something is going to be different. Isn't, isn't the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result at this point, the Leafs have to do something at some point there. I'm, t- I'm still going to hold on to this. They are one bad losing streak. I think from everything hitting the fan and everybody losing their minds, this is bad enough. Imagine if the Leafs lose like three more games like this and go on like yeah. a five or six game losing streak. This is get even worse. Something will have to happen. Yeah, I mean, this we could be in the midst of that, honestly, with the way this is going. They have to turn it around, and next up, they got another demon in Freddie Anderson playing the lights out in Carolina. Like, it's it's not going to get any easier in the immediate term. You mentioned the definition of insanity. For my money, the definition of insanity is continuing to employ Michael Hutchinson as your third goaltender. We're talking about fragility, and that's a big thing. Like, putting him into games when you need to show something, and immediately he's letting in goals when he came in on the third period for Jack Campbell... Like that just, I would have left Jack Campbell in just because you need to at least salvage something out of that game. Like, can we, can we win the third period and get some momentum? But no, immediately Michael Hutchinson comes in, Michael Hutchinson comes in and gives up a goal like that. He's just, the, the, the leash has got to be snapped with Hutchinson. Like it's just gone on for far too long. I mean, the mental fragility, I think is sort of, uh, we're talking in theory, like we believe that is the case, but there's actual real life hockey issues with this team the scoring woes are are there mitch martyr and austin matthews with a combined one point uh through nine games total uh the defensive issues justin hall and jake muzzin have been absolutely atrocious to start mm. really there's only been one overperforming, if you want to say that defenseman and that's been rasmus sandin everybody else is struggling and as good as jack campbell's been for the most part uh he was terrible against pittsburgh and and the goaltending problems are there as well. This is a team that is just constantly dunking on itself. I mean, the, the, the loss was bad enough as it is, but there was a bunch of controversy on Friday night about moving the game up from seven to 6 PM because apparently it was either about getting through customs for the first time. But what I think a lot of people believe is that sports science basically stepped in and said, Hey, that extra hour that could benefit you on the second half of a back to back. So that's in everybody's head that, okay, they're doing this because they think they have a competitive advantage. And not only do they lose in San Jose in that six o'clock game, but they don't even show up in Pittsburgh. Like sports science, if that was really the thing, like how about worrying about just 
performing on the ice because that was an embarrassment. And that's truly the case. That is the most embarrassing thing of anything that's happened for the Leafs this season. <laughs> Are you serious? That sports science thing that that's actually legit. well. They, no, re- no one's really like confirmed real. it. No one's given like a real reason why they did it. That's We've incredible. heard kind of rumors about whether it was getting out of the city or they just thought, hey, this could help us recover for the next day. And I don't doubt that's a thing because like there's an arrogance in this industry with everyone, media, teams, everyone has to be arrogant to a certain degree because if you're not arrogant, then you don't believe that you can do the job better than someone. And I think the Leafs believe in their heart of hearts and they should, that they can do this job better than other teams. I think we hear that all the time. They're doing this, they're doing that. They're, they're a superior franchise in every aspect. And I believe this comes into it. There's an arrogance here to believe, hey, we're going to do things better. We're going to play an hour earlier because we know it's going to benefit us on the next night. And then that happens. I mean, that's the sort of stuff that gets laughed at. And the Leafs are being laughed at right now. I'll just say this. like I'm with you on the fact that athletes have to have that sort of mentality in order to power themselves through. So that way they can ensure they perform at their peak ability and, and help them, you know, win games. Yeah, good luck with good luck with being arrogant and being on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm sorry. Like, I don't feel you've had any reason over the last how many years to puff out your chest for anything. It's that's just the way I see. No, uh, I yeah, it's been proven. And there, there are a lot of there's there are more and more people who are converting away from, you know, worshiping at the Bible or at the altar for this team and this management team. I, I mean, we're seeing less and less and less of it. There is more apathy. There is more anger than really I've ever seen in my lifetime. It's deserved. And it's, it's and deserved. it is against this team. This team, the one that was supposed to lead this franchise out of the darkness, is only, you know, finding its way into, uh, you know, a further pitch black scenario. It's it's really, really ugly right now. And I'll just add this they've, they've got to get to it real quick. Go ahead. I'll just add this last thing. If the Toronto Maple Leafs lost like 4-3 or like a more respectable scoreline to the Pittsburgh Penguins, I would say that a lot of what's going on is still an overreaction. Because at least oh, yeah. if they're being competitive in games, fine. They'll figure this out and they'll get through it. 7-1 against a team that lost, that did not have many of its stars available, is enough to get the you know panic button and to just tap it repeatedly. It is unacceptable. It is inexcusable. And Toronto Maple Leafs fans should be downright disgusted with what they're seeing with this team because it's absolutely ridiculous. And no coincidence that Jason Spezza was the only one to score in that game two years ago or almost two years ago and the only one to score in this game. He's the guy who doesn't seem to fall into this trap while everybody else falls into it. He's the one that just continues to perform and it's been like that from the start of the season. He's been the only consistent player on this team while everybody else is underperforming even beyond the team. Management, coaching, everybody is underperforming in this organization right now. And I don't know if there's any way you can deny that. Now, Julian, let's yes. get off the leaves. Let's get off the leaves. Yes. You were in the building yes. wearing a suit for yes, Barry Cut Kanyemi's return to Montreal. Not a great night in Montreal, but again, they followed that up with a a, a better story that they wrote on Saturday night. But I want you to tell me about the atmosphere there. Obviously, there was some anger in the fan base at Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Uh, there was some trolling by the Hurricanes social media team. And there was just, you know, a player, a richer player returning uh, to a rink that he's familiar with and scoring a goal. Uh, so tell me about that night and sort of the fallout and, and where we stand now and how both franchises are going to move forward here. Man, like, I, I look. I wasn't there when P.K. Subban came back, so I don't know how loud those boos were. But 
for, for the, the amount of times I've been at the Bell Center, that's the loudest I've ever heard fans boo at anybody, as far as I'm concerned, when it came to Yasperi Kakanyemi. Even if the puck was in his vicinity, the fans were making themselves heard and, and being extremely vocal. And considering the way the team was looking at that point, they had yet to win a game, uh, obviously. And then they, they end up pulling off that stinker where they, I mean, fine. They were relatively competitive for the most part. But not only does Jesperi Kakanemi score in that game, he pretty much scores the dagger, which puts the Canadians out of that game off a redirect uh, in the slot, essentially, past Jake Allen. And at that point, you're seeing Jesperi Kakanemi just, you know, happy with the goal and everything. It, it, yeah, if you're a Canadians fan in the building that night, like you're, you're feeling a little bit sick to your stomach. But they, the Canadians also played up to the fact that Jesperi Kakanemi was in the building. Like I think after one of his first shifts, they showed him on the Jumbotron and everyone just kept piling on and booing him. No really? video tribute, none of that. Like everyone just went in and booed him. And you know what? I'm sure if many of those 21,000 fans were tendered some contract offer for $6.1 million to work somewhere else for some other rival company, I'm sure that a good chunk of them would do the same. But mm-hmm. I, 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 look, yes, Barry did what he did. Uh, it's no secret that the way he was handled in Montreal could have been way better. Uh, than what the Canadians ended up doing. And frankly, I don't blame you, Spirit Kakanyemi, for signing that offer sheet. This is a guy who can now be in a situation in Carolina where he's not going to be asked about his contract that much. I think he even told the athletic he got asked about his contract like once. Like I think like one of the first days he was in Carolina and he hasn't been asked about it since. Uh, I'm sure all the media appearances and availabilities he did in line of the... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. He did ahead of the Montreal game. That might be the most he gets for any game this year. Uh, it, I, I think so. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, he did his thing on on uh, on Thursday night. And the Canadians at that point, it's pretty much rock bottom for them for the way that this season has gone. I, I still think with the pieces that they have, there's no reason why they should have had the start that they had. And Jesperi Kakanemi essentially just kind of added insult to injury by scoring on Thursday night. It was, if, if, if they lost to Detroit, I think we'd be talking about a really dire situation here. I don't know if anyone would be throwing jerseys like they're doing in Toronto, but 0-6 yeah. is not a good place to be in ahead of a, a West Coast road trip that puts you through all the California teams as well as Seattle. But at least they have the win in Detroit that they could use that as momentum to guard themselves forward. So I didn't see the entire... Um media availability with Kotkin Yemi, but he seems unfazed by all this, which I'm, I find myself impressed by. Do you get the same sort of feeling from him? And now that he's finished his 
you know, that one return, that homecoming to Montreal, gotten through it. Obviously, it wasn't the most comfortable thing, but it didn't seem to bother him that much. And now I think he can move forward, even though it wasn't really a big issue, I guess it seems to him. It looks like a guy who made the right decision, honestly, and is comfortable with it. Do you see the same thing? Yeah, I feel like ahead of the game, he was really just trying to do his best to to kind of move on and, and just kind of show that he's, you know, happier in, in his situation in, in Carolina. I'm sure after the fact, he was probably feeling pretty happy considering the fact that he scores in his return and his team wins, which ultimately yeah. is the biggest thing that a, t- a player wants. But yeah, I, I get the sense this is a guy who, you know, is grateful for his time in Montreal. Obviously, they gave him an opportunity to play. He, 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 he participated in those playoff runs uh, in the bubble, as well as the Stanley Cup final run. And he played key moments in both of those runs. Uh, but those days are done now. He's a, he's a Carolina Hurricane, and the Carolina Hurricanes are going to run up the score on that whenever they can. I, I got to shout out their social media team because they absolutely hammed it up, and they played that to perfection. The, the I don't know if you saw the URL, did the Habs lose after oh, yeah. the fact? Oh, yeah. That was that was really good. Uh, my Are you cool with that? You're, you you think it's good? I think it's hilarious. I think yeah. it's fun. Like it's it's. I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes do not have the history that the Montreal Canadiens have, obviously. But you know, while some people kind of look at it and they think, "Oh, there's some kind of campy way to for them to kind of try to punch up at one of the premier franchises of the National Hockey League," I kind of look at it from the opposite. Like. They have nothing to lose by doing this. It's something that's just fun. It gets other people from the NHL looking at them and seeing that, you know, they are the bunch of jerks as they uh, quoted themselves to being. Like, I, I think it's a fun thing. It's it's cool. They got the upper hand. They've been getting the upper hand through the offer sheet and, and this, like, play it mm-hmm. up. And I don't know what will happen if the Montreal Canadiens get, up, get a, a big win over them later in the future. Maybe the Canadiens are just stoic with it on social media maybe they say ha ha we finally got you back or something but and i don't even know if we can even call this like a playful rivalry because montreal doesn't necessarily like they don't get into the antics the same way that carolina yeah. does but it, it, it is still entertaining i'm all for fun and entertainment and chaos whenever we can get chaos organized chaos of course you don't want anything too crazy but yeah this is this was fun this was this was something that i thought was was pretty funny to see and I, I think people who lose their minds over this should just lighten up. It's just social. It's just a, a random social media account. Like it's 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 not going to change your life. Yeah, I mean, I actually I I think there's something. I don't know if it's endearing or charming, but I, I just kind of like the fact that the Carolina Hurricanes, who have no business living rent free in the heads of a a fan base like the Montreal Canadiens, are like just because of a social media account. It is actually pretty funny that they're like just standing up to this you know, the most storied franchise in the entire NHL and just kind of owning them in that regard uh, on the ice and off the ice right now. I, I kind of think it's funny that they're just trying, they basically created a rival out of the Montreal Canadiens who would never really be a rival for them just because of what's going on. I think it's kind of fun at the time. There's a lot of bad social media accounts in the NHL. I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights media account is probably the most, fall from grace. most most embarrassing thing in sports honestly <laughs> like it's so bad it's just oh i hate it so much it's seattle's bad. not that much better in their start honestly i don't think they're very good either there's a lot of bad accounts uh and carolina is you know they're everyone's trying to play that game but seattle or carolina plays that game way better than everybody else it's just one two three steps ahead at all times and it's not just like corny lame commentary it's actually thoughtful 
And uh, for that reason, I got to give him a little bit of respect for sure. It's fun. The sports are supposed to be fun. You know, that's, that's just the way that I see it. I know the Canadians are one, one, five, but you know, sports are supposed to be fun. And that night, the Carolina hurricanes had every right to have fun with what was going on. That's, that's the way I see it. It's, it's not the end of the world. You can go on and live your lives. There are way more important things. Don't lose your mind over the Carolina hurricanes being a bunch of jerks. There are options. Mute block. You can do whatever you wish. You do whatever you yeah. wish. Uh, Seems like the Oilers and Panthers are doing anything that they wish at this moment right now. The Oilers and Panthers are both 5-0. and The Oilers are just chilling in Vegas this weekend, which is pretty awesome after winning back-to-back on the road and getting, I think, five days off between games. They're just going to be at, like, a pool watching football today, which is something they honestly deserve oh, after, their, after their tremendous start. And the Florida Panthers are in that boat as well. They're both tied for the NHL's best record at 5-0. and uh, and they both really, really impressed. Uh, you want to start with the Oilers? Like, yeah, might as well. McDavid yeah, and Drysaddle just—they just seem to be on another level right now. Like, Connor McDavid, we know, we know he's the best player in the world. We've known that for a long time. People were trying to make Nathan McKinnon the best player in the world a couple of years ago, but we kind of realized that Nathan or that McDavid is far and away. And I think he's honestly in a class of his own right now. I don't even think like, you know, we could talk about the best players, but there's got to be at least like a pretty sizable buffer zone between McDavid and everybody else. He's just at that level. And in that next year, Leon Dreisaitl is right there. These guys are absolutely unbelievable. And they're leading what is a revamped forward group with Zach Hyman, who, by the way, has more goals than Tavares, Matthews, Marner, and Nylander combined at this point in the season with five already. They are firing on all the cylinders. They are five and oh, what are you seeing from the Oilers in the early going of the season? that the Toronto Maple Leafs should have done everything they could to keep Zach Hyman for one, two, yeah. and Connor McDavid's essentially battling with himself here. I, I, I'm with you on that. I don't think there's anyone who's within like two meters or within, you know, 20 meters of Connor McDavid in terms of who's the best player in the world. Nathan McKinnon, I think he's a really great player. He's not on the same level as Connor McDavid. He's not a guy who's going to be able to generate as many points as Connor McDavid's been, Connor McDavid's been able to, uh, to do over the first few games of this season. And the thing I, the biggest takeaway from this is that he's not playing around this year. We all know what the expectations are for the Edmonton Oilers. We, we've talked about it on this show and on Zone Time as well, about how it's important for the Edmonton Oilers not to waste what they have in Connor McDavid. And they need to take advantage of the fact that they have this generational talent and build the best possible team around him so they could get an opportunity at competing for Stanley Cup championships. And I know it's really early in the season. But this is a really great start for the Edmonton Oilers. And it's something that they should be you know, happy about and they should try to build upon in order to put themselves in a great position to compete for a Stanley Cup championship later this year. But I think this year with the way that Connor McDavid is going, he's the early, obviously the early front runner for MVP. He might be able, he might be able to get himself another one if he continues to keep this up here. And, and hey, maybe we see something incredible in terms of his goals and point totals this year. I, I just think the fact that he's just been this incredible player continuing to turn up year in, year out. This is a guy who's all about hockey. This guy's serious. And I think if the forward core that they've got going on right now continues to play up to their potential, we could be talking about this Edmonton Oilers team as a as a true playoff contender this year. And we'll all look dumb maybe for for dumping on, on the moves they did in the offseason, including yeah. the acquisition of one Duncan Keith. Yeah, I would be totally happy being proven wrong about the Edmonton Oilers uh, if it means Connor McDavid gets some kind of Stanley Cup success. 
Uh, I mean, I think this is, uh, I mean, this is as good as they've looked uh, and it's, and it is in part because of those off season moves. I think at every sort of turn they've improved, even with Connor McDavid, I mean, I think he's on the path to sweeping. You mentioned, you know, potentially getting another heart trophy. I think he could win every award this year. That really matters to Oof. an elite player. Like he's, I think he should be considered the Rocket Richard favorite. He's got a seven-goal lead on Matthews already. We're only five games into the season, but he's not going to stop scoring. Let's let's be honest. This is going to continue. I think in every way, at every turn, they're better, as I mentioned. And I think that includes Connor McDavid in that we always knew he was always this, like, unbelievable, best player on the ice, most talented, like, just incredible how good he was. But there was an element of him being a little bit out of control. Like, everything was happening he was operating at a, a different speed and everything he was doing was different, but he, it was almost like he was moving too fast at some points. Now he looks like in total control on the ice and of every shift in which he's on the ice. And that's a huge, huge thing that even he's getting better, but it's all about the entire team getting better. You mentioned Zach Hyman. He, there was a hole in the top six and he's filled that hole. And now they're a lot better. Derek Ryan coming and playing bottom six minutes. Like he's a guy that does the things that Oiler forwards have never done before, which is, just get them from one McDavid shift to the other without bad things happening. And we, we, you know, we were all over the defense, Duncan Keith and Cody Cece, but guess what happened? Evan Bouchard, we didn't talk about it all. We did. He's moved up and now he's playing major defensive minutes with Darnell nurse. You don't have to worry about Duncan Keith and Cody Cece. If Evan Bouchard, who was taken in the top 10 in the NHL draft a couple years ago, comes up, steps up and fills that pedigree that he has and keeps Duncan Keith and Cody Cece on the bench in key moments. This team has won with Koskinen in relief, Koskinen on the second night in a back-to-back in Vegas. Like, things just seem different with Edmonton right now. Hey, look, if they're able to keep this up, that's good for them. And, and yeah, we, we have not talked about Evan Bouchard, who the Oilers have, like, really touted. Uh, and a lot of Oilers fans as well have really highly touted this player. And the fact that he's been able to be pressed into those minutes, that's really good for him and good for the Oilers, it seems like. So, things are starting really well for the Edmonton Oilers. They better not mess this up. They better not mess this up. And I'm with you on the fact that Connor McDavid, I'm not going to be surprised if we see him compete for every other major award. I would love to see it. In fact, yeah. like have himself the most dominant season we've seen from an NHL player in a very long time. I mean, hey, the fact he was able to get 100 points in 50-something odd games last year was just a taste of what we were able to get. Imagine if he played a full 82. Let's see him try to be as dominant as we've ever seen him this season. I'm, I'm all here for it. Like the Edmonton Oilers, they're already like a fun team because they have Connor McDavid. The fact that they could be seen as, I mean, I know Vegas is, is kind of stumbling out of the gate here, but imagine if the Edmonton Oilers are good enough to win that division. Like that's, that's, a I think problem. they are. I, I, I honestly think they are going to win the division now. I think there's obviously there's some concern in Vegas with a lot of their key players being out. Mark Stone yeah. being out potentially for a while. Like it's, it's a big issue. And then as we've seen before in the NHL, you get a lead. It's easy to, it's easier to hold on to it than make up ground. We know that for sure. Oh, yeah. As good as the Oilers are though, I think the Florida Panthers are the best team in the NHL right now. Uh, they are five and zero, but their strength of schedule much stronger. They beat nothing but good teams. It seems so far. And I don't want to say they made it look easy, but they've done it in a way that would suggest that they're pretty prime for a successful postseason run, keeping pucks out of their own net. Sergei Bobrovsky looks like he's having a renaissance season. He used to be like every other. Maybe there's a couple in between, but since his last good season, but it's possible he could bounce back and have a major, major year. And if even he stumbles, they got Spencer Knight back there uh, who could step up. And we talked to a first round pedigree with Bouchard, first round pedigree 
with Spencer Knight. I think Florida is uh, is certainly off and running and, and probably the NHL's best team at this point. I look really good right now for saying that they were going to win the division, but I did not think they were necessarily going to be the league's best team. But they have the pieces to do it. Good coaching, good forward. Sam Bennett has continued to look really strong since moving from Calgary to Florida. He's turned himself into a completely different player. Sam Reinhardt's looking to pick his game back up. Jonathan Huberdeau got himself a two-goal game the other night. He's doing really well. But yeah, I think Sergei Bobrovsky playing well is the biggest key in all of this because we knew they had the forwards up front. We knew they had the coaching, but their goaltending had to be solid, whether it's going to be Sergei Bobrovsky taking the lion's share of minutes or whether the Florida Panthers are going to say, hey, you know what? We need to get Spencer Knight a little bit more involved. The goaltending had to be sharp in order for them to, to be in a good position to make the playoffs, win the division, even go on a run. And I know it's only the first few games of the year, but it's looking really good for Sergei Bobrovsky right now. He's had to be the big major key, and he's looked like it so far. But yeah, I, I, I was all in on the Florida Panthers uh, from before the season started. And if the Florida Panthers prove me right, I will let everybody know I was all in on the Florida Panthers. I will definitely puff my chest out on that one when it comes time. I was all in as well, and I have a uh, division winner bet to prove it that I'm hoping to cash at mm. the end of the season. Florida 5-0, and as I mentioned. Obviously, that is 10 points, 22 goals for, 9 against. Uh, that's a goal differential of plus 13. They are 5 points up already on the teams that we expect to be in the playoffs. I mean, Sabres and Red Wings are 2-3 in the division right now, but they are 5 points up already on the Leafs and Lightning. The Leafs have played one more game than the Panthers, so they've already created a little buffer zone as they look to win their first division title, I think, maybe in some time, maybe ever. I, I'm actually not sure if the Panthers have ever brought home a division title, but certainly this is one of the best Panthers teams uh, ever, and uh, I think we're going to be talking about them a lot throughout the course of the season. Another first, another team we're going to be talking about throughout the course of the season, Seattle Kraken. We talked about you know first impressions last, last week, but they didn't have a home game through the first week yeah. and a half of the season, but they had their first ever home game at Climate Pledge Arena, which I might call climate change arena like John Shorthouse last night, but that's okay because it's a bit hard to say climate pledge arena, but it's a good, you know, it's, it's good that they're, you know, energy. You know, I still renewable, think it should have been called the sound stuff. garden. It should have been called the sound garden. Like how are you in Seattle? I, I love and that. You have, and you have the whole grunge scene and Nirvana and all that. And you don't call it the sound garden. Even I mean, like anecdotally, like, you know, like some stadiums get like nicknames or whatever. It should just like, climate sound garden you know what i'm saying like it's it's right there climate. yeah i mean the sound garden presented by climate pledge like so you could do something like that i mean i think it's yeah. a good thing that they're not like just the amazon arena which they could be like they're trying to you know or the starbucks center do, yeah it could be that as well they're trying to do something good with their arena and they are doing good things apparently inside the arena with using like rainwater for their ice and all that stuff like they're actually living by their pledge i guess anyway it's a beautiful arena. It's the closest thing probably to like SoFi Stadium or AT&T, I believe, in Dallas, where it's like a little bit different. There's a little bit more to look at. There's like a big window at one end. And it's actually like underground, which is pretty cool as well. Um, but they opened that new arena. It cost a lot of money. It was worth it because it looked incredible on TV. First impressions seeing it last night? Uh, from what I was able to see on Twitter, like, it looks as if they were trying to put on quite the presentation. And uh, we think about how the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, they pretty much kind of changed the bar for expansion teams. Uh, I saw some people kind of put their comments up. They're like, yeah, well, you know, it wasn't like Vegas or anything like that. But I think the Seattle Kraken 
from at least from what, I, from what I was able to see, they looked as if they did a pretty bang on job with the way that they were, you know, going about their, their intros and stuff. But I, I don't understand why they retired a number. Why did they retire 32? I, I don't, I don't know why that was necessary at all. That was, so I don't know about that. <laughs> it's a Seattle thing. I think they retired number 12 with the Seahawks because right. it's the 12th man is the, um, I guess the, the, the fan base, right? The 12th man inside yeah. their um, stadium. Uh, and I, I mean, it's, I guess it means something to Seattle to do that. Uh, they sold 32,000 season tickets or 32,000 um, packages, I guess, when they released the franchise, when they uh, were starting to get, uh, you know, money to actually pay the expansion fee. So I guess there's something yeah. there and they're the 32nd franchise. Second so. Team. I guess they're, you know, they're diving into the, or they're leaning in heavily into that Seattle sports culture. I don't really have an opinion either way. I don't know if that's, it really matters all that much, but uh, sort of like this Carolina Hurricanes social team, just, okay, that's, if you don't, if you don't like it, just, (laughs) you don't have to put it out on Twitter. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, But if it means something to that team, and evidently it seems like the team does mean something to those fans and those people in Seattle because they were right into that opening game, did not stay up to watch the third period. I guess they collapsed and lost against Vancouver. Um, But, you know, it looked like a very exciting night in Seattle for sure. And it looks pretty obvious that Seattle and the Seattle Kraken are going to be a massive success. Yeah. uh, In terms of the team, though, uh, I mean, a bit of a one four and one start for them. Uh, I still think they could at least try to compete for a playoff spot, but that might also change with the way some of the other teams look in this division as well uh but as long as they're able to compete uh that's what really matters with this team going forward honestly that i i hope that they're able to kind of you know build themselves out of that start and and kind of just you know get some more wins out of it but uh at the very least they we know what their home jerseys look like and, and i love them i i forgot to mention that off top too their home jerseys are among the best in the league as far as i'm concerned and i think their road jerseys are amongst the best in the league. they're uh they're as like you know bright and illuminating as any like regular standard white road jersey like they look really really good I, I mean they're trying they're trying to force the vancouver rivalry i think down our throats a little bit do you think it's you know do you think does it feel real do you think it's going to be real or is it just sort of the same old thing where it's they're gonna have to meet in the postseason or someone's gonna have to send an offer sheet one way and they're someone's gonna have to steal what? a player <laughs> like that's we're going to get Carolina, Montreal, yeah, it's like Montreal, Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of these, I mean, the geographic rivalry thing makes sense. Uh, I thought it would have been a little bit more amplified, but in talking to people like Sam, a broadcast podcast, like you realize Canucks fans are essentially just dead inside. And they don't really care about that <laughs> stuff. But like, I, I think it's one of those things where you kind of need like the playoff matchups to go against each other. Like remember Vancouver and Chicago's rivalry in the early 2010s. Like that was something. Uh, you also have to think about you need like another like a big instance in a game where like someone takes a big hit and a big brawl emerges yeah. or something like they they need something to kind of amplify the rivalry beyond geography because if you just have the like a border war or whatever like it's not the end of it's not going to be this big bad rivalry that everyone's going to get beyond like how many times do you see Detroit and Toronto play against each other and everyone's all like oh man we got to deal with the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, yes, they're mm-hmm. very close to each other, but proximity. That just, there's yeah, proximity, but beyond that, like there, it, we don't really feel that disdain for both of those teams. Yeah. Well, we'll need something between Seattle and Vancouver to happen uh, that will generate like an actual reason for both teams to hate each other beyond geography. 
If Connor Garland continues to score game-winning goals and stare into the souls of fans behind the bench, uh, maybe that'll help things along. But yeah, if you, it's going to take some time, but uh, you know, maybe those Seattle fans will help it along. I, I do. I saw a lot of criticism for like the jerseys, people wearing their own custom jerseys. I actually like that for an expansion team because you like build a sense of community. Oh, that there's that guy. You know that the he has his name on it. You know that guy. You sort of like the same faces showing up at the game all the time, like that sort of helps bring that community atmosphere, which I think Vegas is absolutely nailed. So a lot of people are calling like Jersey fouls. If you don't have, you know, Yanni Gord 37 on the back, you can get whatever Jersey you want. Again, just, if you don't like something, just shut up. Even if it has 69 on it. I mean, I didn't see a 69. Those are all, if you make a sex joke on a Jersey, it's probably foul, but everything, anything else for yeah. me, go for it. Yes, I just wanted to pose your question on. Unless that, it says you know. nice, if it says nice on the top, yeah, sixty nine, yeah, that's that, fine. That, that's okay. Any other sixty nine usage, you know, keep it in your own house, I guess. <laughs> you came here for sex jokes. Welcome to the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. There you go, and a perfect transition to the tire pump. Your chance to oh, yeah. praise on someone, Julian. Go for it. Oh wow! Yeah, really? <laughs> That's such a great transition. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let, Okay, like okay, like I'll just say this before I properly go into the tire pump here. Like you know, Seattle Kraken fans, do what you want, enjoy it. The fact that you have this team, uh, really awesome to see, really great to have happen. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on the fact that you know what? There's no real jersey fouls. You could just be a fan and enjoy it. There's too many rules with that sort of stuff, man. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily going to make them my, my tire pump though. Uh, and I'm not going to, I'm actually going to, uh, make it Mike bossy, uh, the mm-hmm. New York Islanders legend, uh, who recent as of recently was working in media with TV Spa here in Quebec. Uh, he's had to step back, uh, from his duties, uh, with TV Spa because he's actually battling lung cancer. Uh, mm-hmm. this is somebody who is recognized as one of the great NHL players of his time. One of the greatest scoring wingers to ever do it. And obviously a Stanley cup champion as part of those dynasty New York Islanders teams. Uh, I wish him and his family, nothing but the best. Uh, and I, and I hope he's able to get himself back to full health. Uh, I don't know specifically how far the, the cancer has got through, but obviously anytime cancer is involved, it's a very brutal thing to go through and yeah. it's just devastating. And I, and I hope he's just able to battle through that. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I want to give a tire pump to Mike bossy a premier NHL legend who has to battle through this terrible disease. And uh, I hope he's able to get through a full recovery. One of the best goal goal scorers of all time. And I didn't know he was doing TV, but I, I I mean, I hope he can continue one day to get back uh, uh, behind a mic and, you know, cause Alex Ovechkin's chasing down records, uh, becoming the greatest goal scorer ever. Great to have his perspective perspective. Uh, So all the best to the bossy family. Uh, I I got a couple, nothing that's uh, truly pump worthy. So I'll, I'll spread, uh, spread the wealth a little bit. Vince Dunn scoring the first goal ever at Climate Pledge Arena. Very, very cool. We saw like, you know, and obviously it was an awesome reaction to it. But I like how in Seattle the fans like seem to really be over top of the ice. And that was yeah. really evident when he scored that goal. It was very cool scenes there in Seattle. So Vince Dunn, he'll be part of a trivia answer someday with that goal. Maple Leafs fans for being angry. I'll give them that. I mean, there's there's reason to put pressure on this team and this organization. And I think we're going to see that more and more. So shout out to them for doing their job because the team's not doing its. And the TNT crew, uh, they had a good, a very good, um, and, and one that certainly everyone should watch segment on Jimmy Hayes and just, you know, 
talking about it, right? Talking about what he went through and what a lot of NHL players and a lot of athletes go through, which is troubles with addiction and painkillers. And they had a real segment. We talked about how much fun they had. Well, they can have fun and they can be real at the same time. I think Liam McHugh is doing a tremendous job there. And Mm -hmm. Paul Bissonnette talking about his experience with Jimmy and how good of a guy he was giving the humanizing aspect of it. And Wayne Gretzky talking about, you know, the, the what he's seen in his career as well. These guys talking about important things in addition to having fun. That makes for a broadcast worth watching. So shout out to them for um, tackling that subject. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm still really sad about the, the Jimmy Hayes death. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to act as if I was the biggest fan of him as a player and know all the stats and stuff. But just to kind of hear him passing so suddenly as he did and, and to see the NHL community get around him has been a a really you know pleasant thing to see uh but it is just unfortunate that it had to come off of a loss of his so uh yeah I, it's I, I'm, i'll check out the tnt story i actually did not get a chance to watch it so yeah it's uh the the problem of addiction is just it's obviously a problem and uh any opportunity people can shine a line on that to you know try to help other people get out of that is is something worthwhile yeah he's clearly someone who touched the hockey world and this is an issue that you know contributed to his life ending that has touched the hockey world and continues to touch the hockey world uh and we continue we need to continue talking about it in order to uh keep this game in the best position and healthiest position and have everyone's lives protected um as much as possible julian we'll leave it there um another sunday edition of the yahoo sports podcast in the books yeah uh we did the damn thing yet again and uh, we will continue to do the damn thing yet again, whether on this podcast or on Zone Time. I wonder when you'll be back on Zone Time. I am back this week, and I'm going to put my hey. phone, my AirPods in the case right now, charged, <laughs> ready to go, so I don't have to tear apart couch cushions looking for these stray things. We talked about Leicester City, you know, with the odds of them to win the Premier League a couple years ago. The odds mm. that I've owned these for more than two years, I think exceed <laughs> those odds. Because I am the most, I lose everything. And these things just as as they are designed are impossible to keep uh, in a place where you expect, expect them to be. Oh man. I, I, I just got these new like beats ones and I actually, thanks for reminding me. I have to charge my actual case actually. So yeah, it looks like we both have to do some upkeep with our uh, earbuds, I guess. Yeah. We also don't have sponsors for that. So that wasn't even us trying to plug brands. We just, have earbuds our our first world problems are losing our earbuds and not getting sponsorships from sparkling water companies which will never be named hey again hey we don't like what you did unnamed company y'all left (laughs) us hanging we don't like that all right man until next time gonna drink this bottled water instead see you dude see ya peace Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.